Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Mary Dioma, who had a near-death experience at age five and forgot all about it. During her life, she's been a doubter of anything spiritual until she had an enlightenment experience, which changed everything for her. Mary, thank you for being my guest and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I guess it would be best if we just start at your NDE and then go from there. Okay. When I was five, I had um, received this little sliding board for my birthday and I was... Um, my siblings and I were, um, playing in the basement where it was a cement floor and I had climbed up on the sliding board and I fell off backwards and I hit my head. We had a babysit that night, babysitter that night. I remember being, um, taken to in the back of the car. I was being held by my babysitter while my neighbor drove. And then I remember, um, being in the hospital bed and being face down on the sheet. And then I remembered being above my body and looking down and seeing the nurses shaving the back of my head. Um, then um, I don't remember thing until I was at home. And I told my mom that I saw them shaving the back of my head and because of the way that I worded it, she's like, well, that's not possible. You can't see the, the back of your head. And I'm like, okay. And I just accepted what that she said it was not possible. And I just shut it down. I'm like, I don't know how, because I had this information, but it wasn't validated. And so I just put it to the side as something that doesn't make sense anyway then um having like dismissed it for myself i um i had my own way of understanding things and um i i forgot anyway i forgot about it so i went about life and i i was uh attended a catholic school for 12 years but i always challenged the priest uh, i don't believe it i don't believe it you know tell this doesn't make sense and so i've always had this um you know doubt of anything spiritual i didn't even think of my near death experience even really as spiritual it was just an observation from outside of my body i didn't have that um, what some people talk about the awareness that you're not your body it was just like it was just facts that I observed so anyway um I start, always was questioning spirituality and um 
I went through some challenging things in childhood, being bullied, and um, just really um, other soul-destroying things, and you feel, you know, depressed or whatever, and I was having like an existential crisis, and I just really finally decided that I really want to know what the answer is. Is there a God? And if there is a God, why why is all this suffering allowed to happen? So I kind of um, was just curious about it until um, I had this psychic experience, I guess you could call it. When I was in my 20s, I was at an amusement park. And I was going to in line for a ride and it was a ride that I loved and I was looking forward to it. And, but all of a sudden I was gripped with terror and my eyes just scanned the amusement park and I locked in on the bungee jumper ride and the, you could see the person way off in the distance is only like this big. And I said to my friend who was in line with me, see that bungee jumper? She's not going to jump. At first, she's like, how do you know it's a girl? They're only this big. (laughs) And how do you know she's not going to jump? And I'm like, I don't know. I just know. And um, we watched the ride. And you could hear in the distance, they counted down five, four, three, two, one. And then the bungee jumper didn't jump. And she's like, how'd you know that was going to happen? I'm like, I don't know. I just knew. And um, then as we watched, you could see the ride operator went over and talked to her and said something. And then my connection to that was released. And I felt like all of this um, terror that had been gripping me just like washed out the bottom of my feet. And then I didn't know what was going to happen. And when that happened, um, anyway, she, she they did the countdown again, and she jumped, and she was all exultant, but I didn't feel any connection anymore. I was just like, oh, I, what just happened? What is going on that I can feel somebody else's feelings? Did that help her any? How did that, how did that function happen? And I was like, okay, so now I have some personal evidence that something is going on, but I really want to know. I I don't know for sure if if God exists, if there's if there's something after life or what. So I just dove into the research and I started reading everything I could. And um I came up with this idea because I had come across near-death experiences and um in near-death experiences, they often talk about a life review. And in their life review, they see things as they were. Like, for they go literally back into that memory and live it again. And then they see things from the other person's perspective. And then they see that there's repercussions and events that, flow out into other people and the, you know, there's ripples. 
positive ripples, negative ripples, but there's ripples of things that happen. So it occurred to me that I could do an intentional life review and be not, not, um, not because I knew what I was going to get out of it at the time, but because that's what God did to for near-death experiencers. And so I started a journaling and I started also reading 20 minutes a day, something spiritual. And I also started processing my dreams. So I was doing all of these things at the same time where I was just like thirsty for knowledge and I wanted to know the truth. And um, I started to hear or like develop a conversation with God in my mind. And I felt that I was being, I heard the word prepare. I knew something big was coming and I didn't know what. So around that time, I was engaged to be married to a man from Bangladesh. And then he had gone back to Bangladesh to visit his mother. I had a feeling something bad was going to happen. This was early 2001 and um, or late 2000, early 2001. He was gone for four months, and then he called me um, in March to say that he was coming home in three days, and when he come is coming, uh, we're going to get married as soon as he gets back, and I was very happy, and I was uh, uh, went to work the next day, and I was singing, and I was like, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, hey. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a couch. Anyway, when I sang that, I felt uh, pain in my nether regions. And I realized uh, I, afterwards, after the fact, after I processed everything, I, f- I realized that that pain was a root chakra activation, even though I didn't know anything about chakras back then. Anyway, throughout the day, I had each chakra activated but um anyways in the middle of the day i just had a knowing that he had been forced into an arranged marriage and he married somebody else like i just knew it into every cell in my body i felt like i had been punched in the gut and i was at work but i was devastated but i wasn't i was like i don't want to get upset at work So I shut down my emotions and I made it to the end of the day almost. And I was driving home on the freeway and I decided to allow myself to feel the pain of it, that experience. And so I was driving and feeling my heartbreak and the pain was excruciating. And I went right past a place where I would cry to like just devastating pain. And um, I, I thought I can't even, I can't even have this pain anymore. How, how can I get rid of this pain? And um, I had this thought: What would Mother Teresa do in this situation? And um, I'm like, going to step aside for a second and pause and say, so from from this point to the end of the um, experience takes in real time about two seconds but it, it takes a lot longer than two seconds to 
to tell the story. So (laughs) I'm driving in the car and nothing happens to me that causes any physical danger. I'm I'm fine in the car. Anyway, so when I had asked the question, what would Mother Teresa do? The answer came, Mother Teresa would love anyway. So I asked, can I love anyway? And the answer came to me, yes, I could find it in my heart to love. I could feel that love for him and his parents. But I was still feeling that pain. And so then I asked, what would Jesus do in this situation? And the answer came, Jesus would love his enemies. And I understood where they were coming from all of a sudden. And I was, when I asked, can I forgive them? I was able to find it because all of a sudden I understood where they were coming from. So then I asked, what would Muhammad do? Because he was Muslim and I learned about Muhammad and Muhammad's message is to submit. In that moment, I understood what that meant. And that for me meant to turn it over to God. And so I, in that moment, decided to turn that pain over to God. And I imagine my heart going out to God. And as that happened, a beam of pure white came out of the sky. And it was uh, it was a physical thing that happened. It came through the windshield of the car and it touched me physically on the shoulder. I felt the pressure of that touch. And as it appeared, I had this oh, I know who I am. I remember who I am. And then as it touched me, I felt this immense love flood into me. And every cell in my body became conscious. As conscious as I feel in the centered around my head now, I felt every cell had consciousness and felt this love come into it. Every cell had its own identity, I guess you could say, for a second. And I looked down and I could see my hand glowing a bluish white light, like All my cells were emitting light in them, in their own sense. And um, I also saw this scene unfolding from several other perspectives. I could see it from the passenger seat. And from the passenger seat, it was like um, a computer recording all the details. I had taken a photography class, so I knew when you see a beam of light, you almost never see the edges really sharp. But in this beam, the edges were very sharp and the top was diffused. And so the, um, and it went up to, it seemed like the level of where like small aircraft fly. And 
it was the reverse of a beam of light because usually a beam of light comes like this, but it was wide at the top and it came to a point on my shoulder. And then from the back seat of the car, I, I experienced this and I could feel all of this emotion. I could feel the comfort. I could feel the love. I could feel the preciousness. I could feel the, uh, all anyway, more emotions. I also heard this voice say, everything will be all right. And I felt the comfort of that. And from my soul, I felt my soul come out of my heart and go and merge with the beam and then rise up the beam. And as I rose up the beam, the earth went down. And I love this picture that you use all the time because even though it was daylight, it was, it was that I could see the curvature of the earth. I could see that thin blue line of atmosphere covering the earth and I be I rippled out across the earth and I became one with this sphere that surrounded the earth and was like embracing the earth and it was immense immense love in this uh embrace of it was like all this connecting to all the souls on the earth but also like the soul of the earth and then My folk, like I was above the earth and my focus shifted and I went into all of the trees on the earth and I could see and experience like across the globe, all the different kinds of trees, but all I just was in all of the trees. I could feel myself as the, like my arms were the branches, but also like I could witness my self as the other trees and then my focus shifted again and I was all the grass and that was very joyful I covered the earth and I could feel myself go into like a specific grasses but like in like in Africa I was like a grass in Africa but all the all the grass and then my focus shifted and I was a rock on a mountain and the the energy of being a rock was very um uh had a different perception of time and it's so much information about it but also mary was surprised <laughs> like it was so me i would it's hard to just trying to distinguish i was did never think of inanimate objects as having consciousness before. So there was a sense of like, what happening to in the moment when I was the rock and, and, but still I was feeling all of this love. And then my focus shifted and I became the entire universe. And it was just immense, immense um life force love consciousness every planet every sun every speck of dust is conscious 
and filled with this divine love. And my focus shifted again. And I experienced the substructure of the physical universe. So it was like a matrix of 3D matrix in all directions of particles. And each particle um, had rays of light. Each, Each particle was love in matter form and um also because they were each particle had light it was also non-material and i had all of this access to all the knowledge at this point and um i didn't have questions because i just had it all access to all the knowledge and then my focus shifted one more time and i went into the vast void And the vast void was so full with all of the energy before it's anything. It's all the knowledge. And I became this pure love consciousness um, void. I was the void. And I, I was all of the knowledge and all of the uh, information and all to types of information and uh, I was outside of space and time and um, all of a sudden I was back in my body back driving the car and I was like what just happened that was so cool oh my god that was so cool and uh the uh, I noticed at the side of the road there was a Barnes and Noble sign that was, it was in the middle of the afternoon. So the sign was off, but there was a golden light surrounding the sign. And I knew that I should turn and go to the Barnes and Noble. So I quickly turned over into this exit that was inside the exit that I was already on. And I, I went to this Barnes and Noble and I'm back to normal, regular, consciousness not expanded consciousness anymore and i'm like uh which book should i get there's so many books in here (laughs) i don't know which one so anyway i wandered around looking for a book and i did find one that kind of caught my eye and i looked at the back of the book and it was about math and i'm like "Ah, are you serious I I don't do math. You know, I don't do math. And um, I just put it back down because I'm already now arguing with my (laughs) guidance. (laughs) And um, I looked around, I found another book, but anyway, I took the other book, but it didn't, it wasn't the book. So that all happened on a Thursday. And so I called in sick the next day. And I went back to the bookstore and I got the book on math and I, I was able to understand it. <laughs> so that's a miracle. And then I was, um, I realized that that book and that um, information about math was a mathematical model that described the experience that I had just had. And then I was like, wow. That speaks to my doubting self, which was, by the way, first of all, 
no pain left over from my heartache, like it never happened. And no question left in my mind that God exists because absolutely <laughs> I experienced it that absolutely exists. And, uh, um, but there was the sciencey part of my wanted to experience it again, not to mention experiencing all that love is instantly addictive and you want to experience it again. So I'm like, well, I'm going to have to figure out a way to do this again. How can I do it again? But, um, anyway, I still had so much more processing to do before I got that far, but that was where I was at. It's like, as if you got the knowingness that your fiance was already in this arranged marriage, but you actually hadn't confirmed it with him. You just got this knowingness, right? Correct. When he came back, did he actually confess that that was all true? No. No. So you don't, I mean, but do you have any confirmation that it is? It, oh, yeah. No. Um, he he came back. He came to my door and uh, didn't say anything about what happened. But I did. I said, you're married. And he said, who told you? And I said, God told me. <laughs> and he goes, how do you know? Nobody knows. Nobody else knows this. And uh, I had thought, actually, I had thought there was a, a phone call from his roommate that day. And his roommate never called me before or since. And I, I kind of had a thought that his roommate told me that he was getting married. But he, his roommate didn't say anything other than you're a smart girl. And but I, I so a part of me felt like he was telling me, but it was turned out that that roommate didn't know that he got married either so he couldn't have told me anything because he didn't know and he didn't know until well after well after I knew so it he, it couldn't have been him it had to be just the knowing so anyway eventually so when I confronted him with it he he says yeah he did he was forced into arranged marriage and um, he cried the whole day, whole time he was for the, his wedding. And um, later at some point, because I was healed from the heartbreak. So I was able to at least communicate with him. And um, he showed me the video of his wedding and he was crying the whole time. <laughs> so it was, it was weird that I, I was able to forgive him completely. And, um, um, my friends and people that knew me were like, how can you forgive him completely? I'm like, it's supernatural. Just let it be what it is because I completely healed and I, I don't feel any animosity at all whatsoever. And, um, I, I also, um, there's so many layers to my experience. I don't, I don't even tell it all, all the time because part of the experience and I, I hardly ever mentioned was I had a flash vision of uh, him having two daughters. And so I knew he had to go into that arranged marriage because those two girls needed to be born. And I didn't, um, I, so I was just, that was one of the layers I, 
I hardly ever remembered it. I didn't include it in the book. I just, I just knew part of that was that's fine. It's had to happen that way. It seems like you developed this ability of premonition and you first noticed it when you were at this amusement park. Do you think it's possible that you even had it earlier times in your life and you just didn't recognize it? Well, once I went into my dream studies, I really flushed it out and I challenge anyone to record their dreams, get into the habit of remembering and recording your dreams, whether you record them in audio or video or just writing them down. And I, I believe everybody taps into whatever the future is because all time exists all time and time itself is a construct so that consciousness can focus. Anyway, if you record your dreams, you will find that future events show up in your dreams. And then when they come to pass, you can, if, if you're lucky enough to have enough information of the future, then you can affect change and get a better outcome. If you have enough information. Would you say though, that Dreams give us this information a lot of time in symbols and not literal. And sometimes you kind of have to decipher it. Correct. Yes, dreams are tricky that way. They will uh, come through in symbols. Sometimes it's literal, but um, you do. That's why you have to make a study of your dreams and learn your own um, symbolism. Everybody has their own, in my opinion. And um, it is through that practice of recording your dreams that you learn what your symbols mean to you because they repeat. And some symbols are not the nicest symbols to have. So, but you just have to figure out your own symbolic language. Do you think it's possible that the NDE, even though you don't remember much of it, opened the veil for you, which gave you these abilities? Well, that is the prevailing wisdom's suggestion is that um, anytime you have an NDE as a child, it it does make it easier to um, tap into the spiritual but um, uh, I think we're just spiritual beings. I think we're whether we have an NDE or not, it maybe it does make it easier. But what I found in my doing my life review is um, I had all kinds of spiritual experiences that I shut down and I, I dismissed. And as I did my life review, that started to build up the database of first person evidence of something spiritual, even though up until that moment of enlightenment, I continued to doubt it and continued to dis dismiss my own experiences, even the psychic experience of the bungee jumper. I was just saying, well, I don't know what it is. I just have to put it over here in this box until I figure it out. 
But um, like when I, I did my life review, I remembered I had a dream of a past life. And in that past life, I was in a Nazi prison camp and I was a, uh, in a stadium setting, uh, like a sports, like baseball field or something, although they probably didn't have baseball. But um, anyway, there were uh, those wooden uh, stadium uh, and there was chain link fence around and, and I, I ran down the side of the seating and I turned the corner and I knew I, I thought I was going to be able to go out the gate and then the gate was locked and I turned around and I uh, tried to look the guy in the eye and instead of seeing his eyes, I could only see the end of the gun and I shot the head <laughs> mm. and I I don't know that but that came up in my, doing that life review and it just it it was uh even as I and I died in that lifetime I I saw myself going up to the cloud up through the clouds anyway so uh, I, I did I still was like okay that was just a dream <laughs> you know, I'm dismissing it. I'm just saying it's not that big of a deal. It's just a dream. But then after I have my enlightenment experience, I know it's not just a dream anymore. I Now I can see it for what it is. But I think we all have are having these spiritual experiences and we continue to dismiss them. But if you do your life review, then you're going to be able to have your remember your first person experiences. Since we're talking about seeing symbols in our dreams that kind of foretell the future, do you believe that everything has already happened and, you know, we can't change the future? I believe there's a feedback system. Everything already is, and, but we also have free will and we have the ability to change the future. I've had uh, the prophetic dream that I was then when it came to pass, I was had enough information and enough awareness to realize it was happening and, and decided that I wanted to change the outcome. And so I changed the outcome. And so I that's how I know that there's a feedback system happening and everything that you get about the future isn't locked. And guess what? Everything about the past isn't locked because I did go back to the past and change the past too. So <laughs> I have, I just had such in strong intentions to uh, know things and change things that I was, able to do it so how can we have a life review without actually having an nde it's that's what my book uh here i'll show you loved life review journal it is it shows you it, it explains how to do it in the beginning and then it gives you space to do it um the way i did it was chronologically but not everyone remembers 
chronologically. Sometimes we remember sub through um, uh, similar type stories. So you don't have to go chronologically, but the, I have it chronological. So like, if you remember something from when you were 10, you write it for, write it down in the uh, 10 year old section. And then if you remember something from when you were seven, write it down to seven, and eventually you have your whole chronological, some life review. But um, you, you can meditate to give yourself suggestions to go back to a specific time. That's one way. You can remind yourself by doing a Google search for music from 1979 and, and listen to that music and it will jog your memory. And um, so it's it's very simple like and also if you read my story in my book i explain it there too but i'm gonna just tell you this is how you do it you don't need the book to do it you can just do it i hope that everybody does this because um there's so many benefits that you get from doing your intentional life review um you get improved memory you get spiritual growth you you get your first person data. So anyway, here's what you do. You remember your memory, whatever memory it is. You put yourself in your own shoes. You remember the, the way that you felt when it happened. And you find if there is something to be said what or what had been unsaid. And you give your child self a voice. The next thing is to look at it from the other's perspective. That's sometimes the hardest part. Like if you did something hurtful to somebody else, then to get into the shoes of the other person and feel the pain, that's really hard to do. If they did something hurtful to you and you you want to get into their shoes, that's really hard to do. And also it you don't want to sometimes like I don't want to look at it from their perspective because they're evil or whatever but trust me if you do it you will see they're not really evil they're just damaged they're flawed or something to, so that you can understand they're coming from a different perspective and if you understand their perspective you can get healing on that and then the last step is to look at the positive ripples now, you already probably know the negative ripples, but if you focus in and really get, get intentional about looking for what positive thing happened as a result of that experience, then you get the value of why that happened for you. Like if you say from the perspective of maybe my higher self planned this into my life so that I could get something from it. Why would my higher self do that? If you trust that that's a thing that happens, because that's what you hear from near-death experiencers, that these events are planned into our life for a reason or for a value, then you can extract that value. And once you extract the value, first of all, it turns into a valuable treasure 
experience that you have instead of something that you resented or wanted to forget. And then secondly, it gives meaning to your life in this moment. So are we supposed to go back through our entire lives or how do we locate events in our lives that have more meaning? For me, I just wanted to remember I was doing it as an exercise because that's what God did. Just to remember whatever I could remember and not feel bad about what I can't remember. And just remember one thing from every year just as an exercise. Just to try to do whatever it is, the life review. And it turned out that as you start to remember one thing, you remember more things. Mm-hmm. And um, the some, some people or some ways of approaching it is to focus on those things that you most desperately need to heal. And, but forgive yourself for not focusing on those things you most desperately need to heal. Because if something's too, too sensitive to go right after, it's totally fine to not do that. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I have, obviously I'm a little overweight. I haven't really dealt with that. I'm I enjoy food, so I haven't really focused on going back to heal my food issues. So it's totally fine in this lifetime. I don't, yeah, yeah everybody has an exit strategy, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not worried about it. But I did go back to look at um, the being bullied part, and so uh, that was challenging to me, and I was able to. That was the one that triggered the time travel experience because I I kept trying to go back to heal that being bullied part. And I kept thinking it should have never happened. It should have never happened. So that's when I had a dream turned out to be an out-of-body experience, which I didn't know about back then. And um, I, I went to sleep and I woke up in my child self right before I was going to be bullied. And um, I was like panicked for a second when I'm trying to get a grip on, I was in my child self. And then I realized, uh, well, at least I have my adult consciousness. And what I'll do is I'll just make sure they feel the pain. So they know at least they're hurting me. So they, they, they feel some, some pain. And then um, within my child self, I just started punching the stomach of the person who was beating me and I I felt them feel it and as soon as that happened I woke back up in my adult self and I got a download of the new memories of a new timeline that happened because I did did it differently Hmm. so it's like you're going back and changing your past yeah well I guess you know really ultimately the only truth of it is is that for you is that of your own memories i wonder if it would change in the other person as well it would change their memories it's hard to know because uh how do you contact the bully right right. (laughs) 
But I guess all that really matters is, is that it changed it for you. Did you feel, did you feel spiritual release from that experience? When, and this is one of the, this happened actually before my enlightenment experience. So it's part of the life review uh, process. When I woke up from that and I got the download of the new, new data, I was then now somebody who was going to fight back for myself. Prior to that, I was somebody who didn't ever fight back. And so, like, if somebody gave me uh, the wrong food in a restaurant, I was just like, whatever, I'll accept it, it's fine. Now, somebody gives me bad service, I'm like, give me bad service, please, I'm going to fight back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then I was, like, too far to the other direction, too aggressive, and then I got in trouble at work for being a little bit too argumentative. And so once my boss says, don't do that, I'm like, okay. I can be assertive without being aggressive. And I found that balance, but it really changed who I am or like, you know, this identity individual is. In your book, do you give spaces for people to manually write all this down like a journal or do you recommend people like type it on their computer and some like in word or notes or something? So I have two books. One is my story and one is, going to be your story so even though like i gotta i gotta fix the cover on the second one so it's different but (laughs) um the one that is your story the life review journal it totally has uh let me just say empty space for you to write in so it, it has a writing prompt to jog your memory to keep it keep it on track and then it asks you the questions to remind you to go through the steps, to give yourself a voice, to look at it from their shoes and to look for the positive ripples. So that keeps you on track. If you don't, you will find that a particular memory really releases healing on on a different place each time. Sometimes it's stuck in not giving voice to your inner child. Sometimes it's stuck in thinking that you know, there was nothing good that came out of it. But once you find the good thing that came out of it, then you, 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 all of that anger disappears. It just dissipates completely. It's so healing. And sometimes it is looking at it from their perspective in like realizing they were, they were flawed in some way. They were acting from ego or they had some understandable situation that helps you to get understanding and helps you to release that stuck energy do you have a question there for the person to kind of re if they want to re you know change those memories or does that just happen on its own you know when you're looking for the good if they want to go back in time and change it differently that comes under the um, category of we are allowed to reparent ourselves. If if uh, I think people have a lot of issues with parents, and maybe you or you didn't get what you needed as a child, and you didn't whatever it is missing from your childhood, you can talk to your inner child 
like you should have been talked to mm-hmm. and give yourself the love and attention and love <laughs> that you felt was missing. How long do you think it would take somebody to, to do an entire life review if they, I don't know, did 15 minutes a day or something? For me, it took four months to do my life review. And then I, I continually like pick little moments every once in a while. I don't like, I haven't completely done a complete re review since the time I did my first one, but I will periodically, if I see an issue that I want to work on, I will review on that and I will get a complete relief on it. Mm. So I say if somebody's really driven, they could probably do it in two weeks, maybe a month, but let it take as long as it takes. If it takes two years, it's totally fine. If it takes, if it takes a lifetime, it's fine because it doesn't, you're preparing yourself for, and you're, you're like, it's like a treasure hunt into your own life. And, um, it depends on what your motivation is. If you want evidence of first person spirituality, get started right away. <laughs> you probably have it in your life already. If you want to get spiritual, um, pre- spiritually prepared to go one to one with God, start it at least and see how how it goes. And if you just want to improve your memory, have fun with it. (laughs) Fortunately, you haven't had another NDE, but it'd be interesting to see like, all right, what will your next life review be like since you've already done it already intentionally? Yeah, I haven't had another NDE, but I have had another trip to heaven. Hmm. I So I I remember I said I wanted to do it again. So I dis- discovered that I the life review did prepare me and the next thing after reading everything you can doing your life review doing your dream work is intentionally learning how to have out of body experiences and so I had all of these questions one of which was, what about angels? What about heaven? Because I had just gone to the vast void. Uh, what about um, these distressing near-death experiences? What about hell? What about the devil? What about elementals? What about elves? <laughs> what about all these other Hindu gods and goddesses? And I had So I had a lot of questions. And so I first learned how to have an out-of-body experience and was able to have a veridical out-of-body experience, which by now your audience already knows that means to get the evidence that it happened. And so I include some of those in my book. And then um, I had this fantastic 
uh, guided tour of heaven. And um, I went to level after level after level after level after level of heaven until I finally returned to the vast void. And on second visit to the vast void, I, instead of being the vast void itself, I was in it and I was feeling the love and, and um, it was all darkness or no visual information. And then um, I said, a a being of light came into my perception and this being of light was love, but the being of light was a geodesic orb that had all of these lines of light. And in the space between the triangles was um, a bunch of little lights and the little lights were dancing. And then the whole big thing was, expanding and contracting expanding and contracting and I was just like it's so beautiful and so loving now you've had an NDE where you've been out of your body and seen your body you've been to heaven and you've been to the black void do you think the black void is like a staging or a a staging area between going to other places or how do you define what is the black void? This is a great question. The and it was part of my question too because I had um, heard about people being really in fear in the black void, and I wondered about that too. And so I was shown uh, there are at least more than one, at least two, definitely more than one black void, and I think there's at least three because sometimes when you're in the out of your body in the center into in the in the universe but in the center of space it feels like a black void too but you're if people would describe it as being in space i would say they were that's in space but out of space and out of time there is an empty black void which you bring your your drama to so like if you're in you can be in fear and and when people talk about this empty black void that is like eternal damnation or eternal purgatory well you have to remember that time's different the time is everything all time so everything's eternal so even though uh the soul perspective or the individuation is going to perceive the the themselves as static or stuck in this empty vast void it, it's not all the knowledge yet it, it's it's i would say that it's level heaven level 1 and it is sometimes a staging area and but it's also sometimes this fearful place that people end up in or maybe those are two different voids <laughs> but the filled with love vast void has to be different because the there's no way to miss 
that level of love in that vast void. So I think the vast void is like the core that even talks about or the the ultimate of all that is where all of these other distinctions or I like the way William Bullman calls them consensus environments, all these different variations of heaven are are nuanced for the individuations that populate them. Now you mentioned that you can have an out-of-body experience intentionally. Can you do that at will? And if so, how do you do that? So I am lucky that I can do it at will. And I did not study more than one person's way of doing it because it was relatively easy for me to do it. And that is Al Taylor, Dr. Al Taylor, who wrote um, uh, Soul Traveler. He... I I was privileged to go to a class that he was teaching in um, Anaheim, California. And he said that you interrupt your sleep technique in where you sleep for four hours and then you wake up for about uh, 15 to 45 minutes and get up and all the way up. And then you go back to bed and put yourself in a slightly uncomfortable position for me, I just um, prop myself up on pillows and um, then your body goes back to sleep, but your mind stays awake and you set the intention that you're going to get out of your body and you give yourself commands to get out of your body. And um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's about repetition and practice and about um, being able to. Um, control your intentions, control your emotions. It's about self-mastery. So uh, it does take practice and it doesn't happen every time and you have to let it be what it is and not, you know, don't get on yourself about it. And then, um, and then it happens. And then, once it happens, then you can do it again, and then you can do it again. And um, I believe that the life review is crucial to help you prepare for transitioning out of this universe. When you get out of your body, if you haven't prepared your soul for the full journey, you're going to stay and still going to be awesome. Getting out of your body is a joy and an elation and um, really fun. But um, uh, I think my belief is that if you prepare your soul by doing your life review, you're going to be able to go wherever you want. I might be wrong about that. That's just how I approached it. So I had that as my um, foundation. So uh, anyway, there are places that focus on 
teaching people out-of-body techniques, different techniques. Some people can get out of their body for meditation. That's why a lot of people do meditating. I didn't come from a meditating background. I, I didn't know about meditating until after my experience. So that I, I, I did pop out of my body a couple of times in meditation, but um, mostly I just use the interrupted sleep technique. And actually, I, you kind of get, you know, over, uh, you go through different phases of your life where you're into different things. So I, I thought I'm at a place now where I don't need another face-to-face with God. (laughs) I'm I'm okay. Just being a a regular person (laughs) for a while. And, um, I haven't really searched out of body or like for, you know, really intended myself to get out of body lately. But what I do is um, I ask for future information so that I can get some help on, you know, what to do in my life, that type of thing. So you, you follow your fascinations and intuitions and your, whatever you get super interested in, I think that that's what you should follow so that you, you, that those feelings of super interest in things, that's, that's divine guidance right there. All right. Well, you have these two books. Are these available on your website or on, do you find them on Amazon or both? Yes, they're on Amazon, and I I have the links to the Amazon on my website, and uh, I also have a third book, and uh, that is Seven Steps for Enlightenment, and that's just the nutshell of, it's a really short book, and it's just do this, do this, do this, <laughs> to uh, have your enlightenment experience, and, um, but I think each one has its own value. When you read near-death experiences and mine, my transcendent experience, transcendent journey, uh, it triggers something in you. It also raises your vibration. So even though it's about someone else, it's also about you because you're getting activated by all these processes. And then the love, the life review journal, it really helps you to stay on track for doing your life review. So it's definitely for you to write your story and to find the, the treasure in your life. How often do you do astral traveling or getting out of your body? Some people say that we get out of our body every single night when we dream, but I don't know. Um, I think it was out of my body like last week sometime, but I, I didn't, I didn't journal that one, but I just had the feeling. So Uh, pretty often. uh, Well, maybe I should have phrased the question. How often do you intentionally do that in your sleep or you don't do it intentionally at all anymore? It just happens. Uh, I don't do it intentionally very often anymore because I feel like I've, I've, I've run that roller coaster. I, I, 
I think I'm, I do what I'm, now I'm more like looking for answers. So when I am programming my sleep, my intention is to find solutions for immediate challenges that I'm handling. And um, so I'm, I'm like in a different phase right now where I'm programming my sleep to give me solutions to challenges that I, so not very often. Can you give us any tips to help us recognize that we had an astral travel in our dreams versus just some other random dream? Sure. And I actually do cover this in my book too. There is a, you're going to analyze your dreams. If you start to process and do your dream work, um, you're looking for extra data. And this is one of the answers also to how, how you know that um, if a ghost visits you, it's not just a dream or if you are having a prophecy, it's not just a dream. You're looking at what kind of data do you receive in your dream and compare that to the data that you receive in 3D reality. Okay. So we, people say we have five senses, but we have way more than five senses. And, um, like even also, like if you get a, a, a past life dream, so in the memory or in the memory, memory of the dream. So here, like layers here, you have the memory of, uh, smell, you know, your orientation, like physically, if, are you laying down and standing up? Or you, sometimes you get the data of where you are on the planet. Uh, like, uh, if you're in an out-of-body experience, you will not have to follow the laws of physics the way that we do when we're in the physical. So then you, if you float or you fly or you... um process time differently that might be indication that you're out of your body you i i don't know all of the things that you check but you're you when you analyze your dream you're looking for those clues in the data what what's different what's the same and um only you know that's why you have to do the analysis yourself. I think most people go through sleep cycles and they go through several cycles of sleep every night. Whereas toward the end of your sleep cycle, you are in REM and that's when you finally dream. So what I'm trying to say is that we may have several dreams throughout the night. Like sometimes I'll wake up at three in the morning or four in the morning and I'm coming awake and I'm having a dream and then I'll, you know, okay. I'm going to go back to sleep now. And then you eventually fall back to sleep. If that's happening to you, are you journaling each dream? If there are multiple throughout the night? So, okay. Good question. How do you journal your dreams or, or, or are you going to wake up enough to journal your dream? Well, it, I guess you would say uh, if you, if you feel it's a special dream, 
um, at least jot down one word or record one word or two into your um, phone recorder so that you're, you try to remember it again. But um, the dreams that are easier to remember are, the, are often the dreams that are, you're supposed to remember. And if you like, oh, I saw that in a movie yesterday and now I'm dreaming it. Okay, that's a processing dream. You don't have to worry about it. Unless that's important psychological processing that needs to be looked at. Then you want to look at it. But um, also nightmares are really good treasures to be processed. Just because something's terrifying doesn't mean it's actually bad it's probably an important message because it's a nightmare so that you remember it and it's triggering some deep emotions so that you do get the message. Uh, so yeah, I don't want you to disturb your sleep to the point where you're not getting deep and restful sleep. And that's important to note that don't try to do out of body every single night because it might impact your restful sleep and you don't want to do that. So um, some people focus on like Saturday day sleep to work on their out of bodies because it's easier sometimes in the like 10 o'clock in the morning to get out of your body or uh, like if you sleep 20, 20 hours, which is, a, you know, some don't do that. Don't sleep 20 hours every single day, but every once a week or once a month, try 20 hours sleep and you, you can get an out of body from that <laughs> because you don't really need to sleep 20 hours. So you're, you're more likely to be able to do it. So in terms of like, you're talking about recording every single dream from every single phase every time you get up to go to the bathroom uh it depends on where you are in your process if you need information from your dreams and it's starting to get crucial like i need some guidance and i need it now yes try jot down a word for every single dream but if you find yourself exhausted don't do that <laughs> you know it's wait you know be gentle with yourself. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you? I am absolutely open to it. I am available on social media. I have my Facebook, my regular Facebook, Mary Dioma. I have a, my author page, Mary Dioma Author. I have the book page, Love to Transcendent Journey. I have, um, I'm on Instagram. I have Twitter. And I have my website, which is marydioma.com. And um, I, I have like a bunch of other websites, but they all point to the same place. So might as well go to marydioma.com. And my name is spelled D-E-I-O-M-A.
All right, Mary, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? You are love. You are loved. And every experience of your life has value. Thank you for that message. And Mary, thank you again for being my guest today. I wish you a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.